Welcome to Art Fight Podcast. We're already in the middle of our discussion with our great friend uh, and uh, and ally, Robin Black. Are you doing okay, Robin? It's great to see you. Yeah, man. I'm outside. You- I'm in my backyard. We really appreciate you being here. I know you've had kind of a busy week and you've, you're sort of relocating a little bit to, to uh, accommodate your wife's uh, busy uh, life as a, as a theater star. And, uh, and, uh, and we're happy that you're making time to hang out with us too. Uh, as I said, we were just in the middle of talking about the fight uh, hangouts that you've been doing during the Bellator events. I was saying that one of my favorite, uh, really honestly, right now, those are like my favorite thing in terms of fighting because it's all That's still a little bit weird with no audiences and stuff. And so, to like get to hang out with you and your special guests while the fights are going on it's it is so fun and this is a few weeks ago i was uh in in the in the uh in the kitchen making dinner i had you uh you know uh, doing your fight companion on my phone and uh you had um uh wonder boy's dad on there coach yeah, thompson yeah. on there yeah, yeah, and yeah. and awesome. at some point yeah, it was incredible. And that was great in and of itself because he's just, he's got a story about everything. He's got mm. insights into everything you guys are talking about. Somebody brought up a martial art that was kicking only. And I got on the chat and I said, Is it anything like Savat French foot yeah. fighting? <laughs> and yeah. then yeah, yeah. you and Coach Thompson just went off on this whole tear about yeah. the history of sailors in France fighting each yeah. other only with the, their yeah, feet. The <laughs> and, yeah, the uh, navy. On the docks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was just listening to that going, I'm hanging out with Stephen Thompson's dad talking about French sailors kicking each other in the leg. (laughs) And and honestly, it doesn't get better. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing of why I love it, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you call it fight companion, a lot of people do, but I kind of try to purposefully not call it that because that's Joe's. Joe's thing. Yeah, good point. Um, good point. Although it no, makes, no harm, Joe. Even <laughs> even when I was there with them, uh, doing one one night, um, they kept saying, you know, there should be fight companions for like the NFL, and you should do fight companions for <laughs> baseball and stuff. And it's like, yeah, I, I mean, they invent, they created that paradigm. They really did. Right. But but I, I feel like ours. It sh- however, you do something, it should be unique to you. Otherwise, you're most likely copying something which doesn't make good art ever, right? Yeah. In my opinion, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I over time by having the good fortune to be able to kind of do things my own way, um, I have started to really dislike formulas and structures and whatever, and 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 I try to think in my mind. Are we behaving in ways we think we should behave because I'm a cop and this is how cops talk or I'm a, a fight commentator and this is how fight commentators talk? And so I've tried to bring in not broadcasters, not like well-spoken, you know, like, bro, um, uh, this guy puts a lot of volume, striker versus grappler stylistic mm. matchup. I've tried to bring in martial artists and artists, psychology professors. Uh, spine biomechanics, uh, Dr. Stu, uh, mm. uh, coaches, and just hang out and talk like nerds. And that's mm. been the funnest part. And I think that's what people have liked the most. Mm. There's no structure at all. Like uh-huh. you said, Joe, Joe can send in a message. We were talking about Sikaran, which is was go. a custom-created Filipino kicking art that <laughs> sort of was an was a offshoot that was all, actually sort of crystallized in winnipeg manitoba and we were talking about that and joe was like is that like savat and then I, you know i got to commentate savat in russia right so i and i trained it before commentating savat the, uh, at the world combat games i trained it uh in in toronto with a guy who was competitive in europe and and traveled to train it and then went there to do it so i had to not had to that's 
crazy to even say it. I got to study the to history of it. it. <laughs> yeah, I had to go through it. And so all of a sudden, yeah, like you don't get the the chance to be able to talk, just talk with other fight nerds about the history mm -hmm. of French kick fighting that happened on the right. docks with sailors. And so that kind of that's that's what I want to do, right? Like this right. is I'm really starting to, I feel so thankful. Like I'm starting to really get to spend my days doing the shit that I love more mm. all the time. And the more I move in that direction, the more I get to do it. And also it seems to be rewarding. The less I try to be like people who seem to do jobs like mine, and the more <laughs> I just sort of do it the way I wanna do it, the better it seems to be, the better, happier the audience seems to be, the happier my employers or partners seem to, to be, the happier the fighters who I talk about seem to be. Like it seems to be, working right it seems to be mm -hmm. good yeah that's killer you've said the word nerd twice now and i like that because when i was thinking about getting ready to talk to you today um i was thinking about that fight companion and or the, that fight uh what, yeah, what do you tell me call what you call watch parties but okay watch parties just, that's, that's, the, no, <laughs> that's okay I, it is a watch party we yeah. drink beer times we drink yeah. excessive amounts of coffee and we yeah you know, i'm sure some of the guys ha yeah. haven't smoked cannabis on camera but i, I know they <laughs> right. were i know door ludwig seems like he he was a little mellow <laughs> when he came in. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he seems to hang for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's a good dude, man. Yeah. Brilliant guy. Brilliant. It made me think about that when I was thinking about the watch parties earlier, you know, anticipating our talk today. It reminded me um, of the fact, you know, like you're, you keep using the word nerd to describe it. And it really did. It reminded me just thinking about it that, you know, people, they think of this sport in these, these different ways that are like, you know, there's reasons why. And a lot of times the biggest, loudest aspects of the sport are, you know, bully, tough, mean, kind of, you know, that stereotype, you know, uh, chauvinistic, uh, you know, all the, all those things. Mm -hmm. But if you're, if you're inside it at all, you know, on any level, really, like, especially if you follow the sport just a little bit and you follow mm -hmm. the fighter stories just a little bit, you find out that almost every fighter, here's the story. I was a little kid and I got my ass beat and I needed they're to protect dorks. myself. And they're all they're dorks. dorks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. They're all dorks. And certainly the, 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 you know, the people like you who analyze it and the people like us who watch the sport and comment on it in some ways and the more traditional journalists and everything. I mean, it's full of geeks, obviously. Dorks. Yeah. And it's just as much as like video game guys or comic book guys just happen to be fight guys. Yeah, for sure. And but I think here's the dirty secret. It's like everybody's a dork for something. <laughs> like everybody's a nerd for something. That used to when I was a kid, it was a derogatory term. Now people mm. brag about it. You know, now nerd culture is nerds are running the world. And that's mm -hmm. not just I mean, I can run in Google and Facebook mm -hmm. and and you know, whatever this platform is. Mm -hmm. I mean, now nerds are powerful, right? Like b being a nerd is a good thing. And every nerd, you're just a nerd for the shit you really like. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there are people who are into, you know, soda, like custom made craft sodas who drive all over the place <laughs> to drink them and, and buy t-shirts on them and tell uh -huh. you what, what in things are in it. People are nerds for shit. And, yeah. and to me that the great thing about that is like, if you just be if you just hang out and do the thing your own way whatever that thing is that you do you can probably build some semblance of a hobby or career or a small job or a side business or something just nerding out on your shit because there's a, a whole world of people it's a strange one with fighting right now because i feel like it seems so 
obvious to me that we are going through the, we, the royal machine, we are going through the motions of behaving the way that we think promoters and broadcasters and television channels and stuff behave, even though the audience doesn't really want that anymore, right? You know, the, we, the audience, just want to hang out and talk about cool shit. We just want to consume interesting stuff. We want real and authentic and meaningful. Yeah. And, and I think that when you find it on Twitch and you find it on YouTube and you find it on Instagram mm -hmm. and you find it all these places, but the big mainstreams of things still somehow, you know, don't feel it or see it. But I, I feel like mm -hmm. things like hanging out and talking is much more real now than putting on a suit and lighting in a studio and sitting here and the three of us writing out our questions and then answering them saying absolutely an opportunity and whatever words that we, we use right. in those settings. And then at the end, and cut, great job guys. We, you, I think we killed it. We went home, nobody said anything and that's the end of that. Right. I think, the, I think the, the world of whatever it is you're to, you just want to hang out and 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 marinate marinate in it and look at it in as many different ways as possible. <laughs> yeah, you well, I'll tell you yeah. what. I was watching the. Uh, did you guys catch the Ali Frazier run that they just did on ESPN? Where I, they just my my buddy Jerry texted me about that the other night, but I was I was busy watching some movies on the. I was covering a, a film festival, so I was watching yeah. those movies online. I couldn't watch it. Well, so uh, you know, I I pulled those up, and it was one of those things where I realized that a lot of the if I've gone back and watched things in any recent past, I'm not pulling it up on my television usually, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going YouTubing and I'm sort of in the small window mm -hmm. here. And it, when I, when, when it, it was on ESPN broadcast quality, it was so cinematic and so oh, wow. beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't stand it. Like just the optics and the, uh, the yeah. depth of field that, that they had in yeah. the shots over just the horizon of the, the ropes and just, I mean, everything yeah. about it was romantic and beautiful mm -hmm. in a way that I could not even stomach almost. Yeah. It was like amazing. But the but commentators, you know, right? I mean, yeah. at the time, it was just a trip to hear it. It was just mm -hmm. like they, the guy in within two rounds uh, of Ollie Frazier won. It was like round whatever, 13, 14. Uh, and the guy probably said six times. Uh, I don't, these are probably famous commentators that I should yeah. know who they were. But, yeah. um, but basically, he was, he was saying, oh, he went to the body. That was so smart of him to go to the body. Like that was the yeah. whole. And That'll pay off in the later rounds. <laughs> yes, right, exactly. And I yeah, thought of yeah. you, Robin, in that moment because usually I'm looking at sort of the pedagogy of commentary yeah. from, say, like a 10 year window, which you might have to. There might be some yeah. glaring examples of things yeah. that haven't gone away or or that we haven't veered enough from yet. But to go back that far and see just how be, to be reminded of how entrenched uh the the, the style and the vocabulary and the and the beats yeah, that cadence, people were on. Yeah, yeah. I know. It is but characters. so strange. Yeah. Yes. And that's, that's the cool thing about old boxing guys. And the other great thing that you yeah. see with these old guys is, you know, they were once young guys, right? And, and their world allowed them to become a 55-year-old expert and a 60-year-old expert and a 65-year-old expert. And that's really promising for the rest of us, right? Mm -hmm. Just because fighting is young or younger, it's now getting a little older. It's okay now. If you really are going to be an expert in something, you should have more expertise at 60 years old and mm -hmm. should have more nuance and subtlety. So there's a beauty in seeing these older guys get to do this thing. But, but the goal to me has to be to continually learn. And if you believe that, you know, go on to the body, man, that's going to pay dividends in the later rounds. It might not, right? <laughs> they're, they're, that's that's not true. 
it could be true. Sometimes it does. Juan Archuleta did affect Patrick Mix with body shots. You could see it. Other times it isn't. Other times it's not true. Other times, you know, he's baiting you into things. Like most of these absolutes, like rarely say always and never. Yeah. You know? It's always one most, degree in. Yeah. It's never like. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, oh, those are going to take too many of those. I don't know. I've seen guys take 40 of them and it didn't mm -hmm. set them down. Right. So speaking that way creates these beliefs that the things are that are concrete and that that they are crystallized and they're not and, right. and i don't think we benefit from that i think the beauty of what we're seeing is it's uncertainty and i and you know brian and i were talking about this before we started we live in a weird uncertain world and there's you know <laughs> political unrest and there's, there's a global pandemic and there's all these kinds of things and the world feels uncertain. Well, you were living in a fucking uncertain world at March 10th, too. You just didn't know it. Right? The world's That's always right. uncertain. Yeah. If you know that, it's beautiful and you're more comfortable with change and you flow better in the in the universe around you. You're less reactionary. It's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. um, and yet when we watch sports, politics, news, all of these things, that, that really... Um, fragile nature of the human ego. We want certainty. We want everything mm -hmm. explained. We want to make the rounds. It might not. And not only that, if every time a guy starts throwing body shots, I say that, what the fuck do you need me for? Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? right? If you know that, when you see it and you hear me say it, it's, it's, it connects me to, you know, when I was. Uh, I had a niece who was watching um, Barney the Dinosaur, and, I, and I'd never seen this thing, and I watched it, and then he would do a thing, at least on these these two episodes that I saw where she was there, he would do a thing with a song, and then he would go, and then he'd come back, and you'd see the same thing, and I'm like, is this the same thing? Like, that's part of what it is. Kids like to see the same thing kind of unfold, and then they can kind of anticipate what it's going to happen, and that's them kind of learning. And I'm like, fuck, we do that when we watch sports. Mm -hmm. I know the guy's going to say, oh, that calf kick, you know, I know he's going to say, you know, we're going to dish out some ground up and he's got to defend the takedown. And I yeah. know it. I, he says it. It makes me feel like I know what's going on. I say it on Twitter and another guy says it back. The thing that I say, the guy says, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, and, uh, and I go on Twitter and say the commentator, and we, it, we, it, there's a sense of certainty. And that, I think that's good. I don't think yeah. it makes you enjoy anything better. And I think it's fucking weird. I think it's so, very fucking weird that we so do that. So I love this. I love, I want to stay on this for a second, if you don't mind, because I, I love, we're kind of getting into something that I really think about a lot lately, which is like, so in filmmaking, right? Like you can do a, a shot where you're not spelling out what, what, directionally is happening and you're creating tension for the audience through the absence of what you're showing. Right. And so you think about that. Well, I also think about on the other side, how much of this is just inherited radio, um, sort of in you know, radio had to be so explanatory, uh, so as to be able to visualize what was going on, which really created like sort of the initial building blocks of a lot of these tendencies. And mm -hmm. then t TV was sort of, there was a whole adapt, adapting period of time but that never really left the radio tradition That's ultimately right. and That's right. so i feel like that there's got to be some sort of a the the the, the internet is the media piece that is going to allow things to break off and go interstellar at this point right yeah. and not be it not could. be good 
Yeah. But not <laughs> it has this, to, yeah. this false rule that we think. Like there are these sort of non-existent rules of behavior, language, presentation, production. And if we think they're real, we won't break off into as many different possibilities as possible. We'll stay within mm. it. This one fucking blows my mind, guys. Have you ever watched esports? They fucking present it the same. What the fuck are we doing? This mm. is different. These are different viewers with different tendencies and different belief systems in a different world at different times. Why are we acting the same as uh -huh. if we were co uh, commentating football? It makes no sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Have you seen, the, have you seen the Have you seen the Marble Olympics? Yeah, yeah, a little like, bit. That's amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's so. But yeah, so all sides of that <laughs> coin. Yeah, yeah, but it makes no sense. Right. It's, it's <laughs> as if the first way we did something is somehow the right way. The, the biggest thing like stopping us from doing a better job of presenting news or a better job of presenting art or whatever is the belief that this is the best job that could be done. And like, if you really get into the minutia of it, there are certain things that exist for functional reasons, although they're not even there anymore. So like I'll let in, so if I go to sit at a desk uh, say Bellator, you know, it's something that's been mentioned at different places. Why don't you do the desk? I'm like, I'd love to do that. You know, I've, I've done that. I did that at Fight Network three times, five times a week for seven years. I've done it in all different settings. I love it. And I'll know what the, the scenario, and I did it for the UFC stuff, for, for Fight Pass and stuff. I'll get a, a note. It might be paper. They'll often bring you paper, but it'll also come in the thing. And it'll say, okay, opening shot, and this will happen. And then this structure, and then there'll be a list of B-roll over there, B-roll, what's going to fly in. And even something as simple as, okay, guys, we're going to start with the main event. Now, in the main event, we're going to go from here, and then we're going to talk about the wrestling, then we're going to talk about the grappling, then we're going to talk about the striking, and then we're going to go to the <laughs> Now, right there, we've made this show worse because we removed <laughs> the ability to do anything. But why are we doing that? Well, there's certain reasons that that had to be done. One of them being B-roll was this valuable thing that was really hard to, to – a shot of John Jones knocking out um, or spinning to hit um, – what's his name? Uh, the spinning elbow he did in one of his first fights, not Forrest Griffin, uh, the guy from, um, come on, uh, who did Forrest fight in the big uh, famous, uh, Rashad. Uh, no, um, on, uh, at the end of the ultimate fighter, uh, uh, you know, Forrest Griffin. Oh, yeah, uh, Forrest Griffin yeah. and the, the yeah, yeah, huge Bonner. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bonner. Yeah, Stephen Bonner. I have a thing with names. It's not. It's. I mean, no disrespect. I actually, actually, kind of. Stephen's a really nice guy. Um, but uh, I have a thing with names sometimes, and I do think it has to do with being kicked in the head. But, but, uh, <laughs> but so, so by Stephen Bonner. Spinning elbow on Stephen. <laughs> yeah, by now it's gonna be by spinning elbow on Stephen Bonner. That actually requires skill and time to to get that ready. And to have it sitting there in such a way that go, okay, ca camera, uh, we're going, uh, the, the director will be like, okay, we've got silver, we've got the main shot of the desk, okay, uh, on gold or camera uh, two or, or north and south, they'll, they'll label their, their screens, okay, we're going to go with the spinning elbow. And that process was hard because it was really hard to get that clip, to build that clip, to have it ready, to have it inventoried in such a way that a guy in real time could fly it in. Now you can fly this in right now, right? We don't right. need to do that anymore. Right. We don't. And, and even that structure existed because of the difficulty in creating that show, those shows. Now, those shows are 
fucking easy, right? They're easy and a teenager can do it on his iPad. Yes, mm -hmm. the quality will not be the same and so forth in the graphics, but we no longer need that structure. That false structure that's there was there to facilitate difficult creation of production of a show. That show right. isn't hard anymore. And yet we're still bound to a structure yes. built for yeah. a reason that no longer exists. If still we feeding the dinosaur. Story, yeah, if the biggest fucking moment of the show was Michelle Watterson landing a spinning kick and we want to go there off the top, of course we should fucking go there, right? Mm -hmm. If something was beautiful and fascinating was revealed that the audience would maybe deeply connect to, of course we should go to that. And if we were doing a podcast which can look just as good as any of these post-fight, post-football, you know, post-debate, whatever shows, we don't need that structure anymore. That's and yet it's still there. It's uh -huh. still celebrated and it's still like prayed to as if it's somehow like some important element of, of doing this thing. And it's nonsense. It's yeah. fucking total nonsense. This will all unfold in 2022 or 2023. A couple other things will come along that will be really big, that will break these structures. And all of a sudden, there a lot of the, the snowball will happen where people will be like, why the fuck are we making shows like this anymore? Wait, mm -hmm. uh, because our producer is 63 and he's been doing it since he's 20. And whenever we bring up, hey, maybe we should do it a different way. He says, you know, bro, I've been in this business for 35 years. I think I know right. how to produce a show. And, yeah. he, and people will say that as if that's a good thing. They don't understand right. when they say that, they're actually giving themselves, giving you insight into some of their weaknesses in the, in the modern job, right? right? But people will say, bro, I've been doing this job for 40 years. Don't say it like that, that's not a good yeah. thing, right? Don't tell that's anybody. Not, that's not a good thing, right? Right. <laughs> uh, now, this, just this, to, to get to that point where you're looking at it going, holy fuck, we are literally stuck to, to shit we are married to stuff that has no relevance, no importance, and is to our detriment. And we celebrate it as if it is, oh, great show, guys. Great job, everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah, NFL uh, today looks fantastic. Or, you know, right. the presidential debate. Now, uh, guys, that was, that was uh, brilliant theater. Brilliant. Right. It's bullshit, right? But to even see this and then be able to see, okay, in a few years, this will unfold. Like, think about it. Joe Rogan podcast, Barstool Sports, fucking Wave TV. All of these things are bigger than most things we watch on TV. They're all different. And yet if you went back to ESPN Sports Center and said, hey, man, what about mm -hmm. Barstool? They'd be like, well, let's try to create our own. And then they would do it with the same old nonsense structure. And it would be terrible. Mm, they're right. literally, usually what happens is you get a couple of them and people say, oh, they're outliers. It's just a weird thing. That'll never really work. And it's until there's like 20, 30% of the space is done in a new way. And the old one literally looks retro and old and outdated. At some point, usually people have to be fired and there has to be massive shifts in these big corporations for things to change. Uh -huh. But why the fuck we're making TV of any kind uh, right. that way is makes no sense. And it, that same thing goes with what we were saying. We right. shouldn't be just acting like a commentator or speaking the way all police always speak or behaving the way that every doctor behaves. You don't have to right. build a role. Like mm -hmm. the world isn't, whatever it is you do, we're podcasting. There's no podcasting role that's the way <laughs> it should be done. There's no, like, and if you think there is, you're limiting yourself for, for unimaginable reasons, right? Like you right. should, the world is there to, it's all wide open. There aren't right. two perspectives to everything. There's a thousand perspectives. Mm -hmm. There aren't, you know, either a formal or an informal way to do it. It's not only punk rock or classical music. There's fucking everything. Right. Uh, 
and and it takes change like we're in right now to see it and even when you see it still 75 percent of the people here you say will be like you're crazy you can't do that when right. it's been bar stools doing that every single day and they're bigger than everything else right exactly uh, so yeah. so it's just it's i don't know why this is but um it's just it takes people a while to see what's mm -hmm. in sometimes the forest for the trees things or right. the trees for the leaves that's just that's just life right Right. One of the things that's weird about it to me is that, you know, one of the, one of the big sort of causes of this disease is the fact that you're basically taking a broadcast model before we even talk about the, 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 the futility of trying to put that model in the internet sphere. You're, first of all, you're taking a sports model and you're, you're expanding it across base, baseball and football into combat sports. And as, as we're going to talk about combat sports are specifically a space where trying to give the viewer this reassurance that you know what's going on it's not a good fit because the the sport is inherently full of lies yeah. and deception robin the sport yeah. is full of secrets and this will bring us to yeah. talk about your new series uh for bellator fight secrets tell us a little bit about that and and how you're yeah. bringing a new perspective to the fight game where instead of trying to tell people you know be assured you're telling people yeah this is how it works maybe <laughs> yeah yeah exactly this is how we understand it works right yeah. now but yeah. in four days, we may understand, we will understand it differently. Uh -huh. In four years, we may, the only thing we may know about what, whether or not we know it better is the fact that we misunderstood something four years ago. And this is true for the greatest people who do anything in the world. And right. you know, one other thought, so Fight Secrets is, is a series I'm doing for Beltran. And I really, it's been, it's episode three will be out tomorrow, I think. I, get, I let you guys see bits of it, which nobody else has. Mm -hmm. And if any right. of my, appreciate my teammates, that. yeah, it's, and, and I wanted you guys to see it because you guys are on a cool trip, like a trip that I'm, that I enjoy. Um, yeah. but you know, <laughs> if my teammates and, and coworkers see this clip, I want them to know that it's like, I would share it with you guys because I respect and trust you guys to be able to see it and know what it is. As uh, process. Yeah. 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 As process yeah. and give me valuable feedback that matters, that is meaningful to me. Oh, it's my, um. My wife's mother's birthday, so I guess we're having a shot of tequila. Cheers nice. to yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Cheers Happy to your birthday. mom. Best Happy to you and yours. Cheers, and mom. Cheers, mom. Yeah. <laughs> she said that was my wife. Uh, she said Happy podcast. We should have her on sometime because I know that she'd probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to get the other side of the story here. Right. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> my wife is brilliant and awesome. Yeah. First, we have to talk about how we talk about Robin. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So it is like it's so fucking exciting for me to be able to do it. Like. I literally started, it's kind of the culmination of a bunch of stuff that I've been working on. And so the guy who runs the Bellator Digital, his name is Jordan, and he's super organized and super smart. I don't know if anyone has noticed, like people don't go around bragging, but there was probably, when he came in, uh, barely a year ago, barely a year and a half ago, there was probably 150,000, I'm guessing, um, subscribers on Bellator YouTube. It'll cross a million, like in the next through two wow. weeks there's two and a half million people following it on instagram there was probably half a million or less a year ago like this guy knows what the fuck he's doing but he's also super like uh been like yeah Robin, you know we buy you to do your thing so cool yeah i, I like the sound of this thing so mm -hmm. literally i can build this whole piece and then hand it 
to an editor who then adds stuff. What you guys didn't get to see, but you'll see tomorrow, is a bunch of sort of digital art too. And then we select just the right kind of classical music. And then this one, uh, it's uh, also some Chinese classical music. And then blend it all together, storytelling awesome. and taking pieces, bits and pieces of stuff by, you know, I used to make seven, eight, nine minute breakdowns around 2013 at Fight Network. When yeah. I went into a world of having to understand a one minute breakdown, it made me see the micro in a different mm. way. But now I can come back out and use that micro to build a macro, right? So within this 10 minute show episode, there are four or five, sometimes six, one minute little mini breakdowns. But then I'm trying to find the some deeper meaning or story or fight philosophies or or you know, storytelling, metaphor, history, whatever. And so within it, you end up with, you know, uh, twenty-seven different possible ways to interpret it. That's the I goal, you know. I was just gonna say, Robin. I I hope that you know that how I see this is sort of like the this is the butterfly happening, man. This is some seriously cool shit. And and the the opportunity that you're seizing and that you've earned. Is yes, like as you, I see the doorway for all of these different uh, lenses to sort of be happening at once in a way that feels harmonious and good. I mean, it was really. Uh, thank you for letting us see that, man, because it was like, uh, I mean, and that was some editing work too. Whoever, like, yeah, Kaim yeah. is the guy's name. He's yeah. fucking good. Uh, but <laughs> I literally will go and I'll build all of the fight sort of breakdown elements, and yeah. then shoot me, and then shoot me doing it, and then just hand it to him. And then yep. he then takes all of the layers of the cake, builds that thing in. But yeah, then I wow. got to chat with him. It's like, okay, we need the music to feel this way to swell in this time. But then also during this, and I read from The Art of War in it, as you guys saw. And rad. there's elements of that that a digital artist is coming in on. And in the end, there'll be some people who just don't fucking give the slightest fuck about this 10 minute chunk. But then there'll be others that will see this. There's not, this isn't like another thing. And, and you know, that's important to me. Um, not that I don't want to do other things, but I feel like if you model your, if you fill roles, you will limit the possible, what you can possibly become creatively. I, and I, I said this to Brian earlier, I, for the first time in my life, I see that I am a working artist. That's mm -hmm. what I am. I'm a practicing awesome. artist. I happen to get paid to produce particular pieces of art and ones like this that are deeply meaningful to me. Uh, but I also just make art all day. I make art. I study martial arts. I train martial arts. I, I practice martial arts. I learn from martial arts to build pieces about martial arts, analyzing martial arts, talking about martial arts, and then blending together music, art, and all of these things. And it's fucking cool. I hope that <laughs> there will be a, a group of people who are like, that's my shit. Nerds, yeah. right? The nerds, right. a lot of real martial artists, like martial arts people. There's a whole world of them, man. And again, like we kind of stick to this idea. We think you promote things a particular way, that that's what promotion is. But that promotion to a lot of people who love martial arts, I mean, I, Mike Perry is my friend. But for the biggest story around the martial artistry to be the fact that a porn star might want to be in his corner or his enemy makes a, 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 a you know, a, a crowdfunding thing to be in his corner, that's not what I give a fuck about. And I and neither right. and you guys probably find that interesting, and that we can laugh at that for sure. But that neither do you guys, and I. 
can't imagine we're alone because as I travel the world, I meet, you know, I meet thousands and thousands of people who love martial arts, but don't necessarily consume it the way it's presented as an American sports and American uh, promotion kind of thing. Uh, But yes, this little thing, this thing, Fight Secrets, I didn't come up with the name, uh, but uh, my name was probably way fucking nerdier than that. Uh, But it just sort of (laughs) happened and and some other people kind of mentioned it in there and we were close to the first episode. This is the third one and this one is so much for you and i swear you guys haven't seen shit what you've seen i'm glad you liked it and i liked it yeah but mm. since what i showed you guys i've seen yeah. what it, super talented yeah. graphic artist has built on top of this mm, and yeah. it's fucking cool yeah man. and it's i'm red, super man. proud of, i'm so into it i'm just i feel like i've been working my whole life developing little skills and a little bit of freedom and a little bit of credibility to get for this yeah. piece I that's hope killer. that in five years there'll be something else that I yeah. care deeply about and that's further along. But I feel like this is the, I feel like the, this is the best piece of work I've ever done. I really that's think amazing. that could be true. I really do. Well, and I, I might awesome. be the only one who thinks that, but that's okay. Well, I think that. I think I think it's I think it's like you know I I I feel like I said a minute ago. I mean I'm grateful that you let us take a peek at what you have done right now. And I feel like I mean I feel like we're like. This is like us hanging out with you back in the day, and you're like, "Hey, man, this is my new demo." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm yeah. glad to hear like the first, uh, the early yeah. demo version of the of the new single. But yeah. um, but I also, you know, I wanted to ask you something about like, you know, you've been working with Bellator now for for a, a little yeah. bit of a time, and now you have this new yeah. project going on with them. So yeah. you're obviously, yeah. you know, have a better sense of of how that world's working for you. I've gotten a sense from you and from the talks, you know, during the uh, during the uh, fight watch parties. Um, um, that uh, and I've actually I you know the more I heard of this the more I paid attention and I really do get the feeling and it's really endeared me even more to Bellator. There's things I always liked about Bellator anyway, mm-hmm. but I've really gotten the feeling, especially lately and especially since you've been there and and you know and I've heard more of this kind of chat. But it really does feel like Bellator is a little more invested in that sort of nerdy martial mm-hmm. arts world than the porn star in my corner ufc version yeah. of the fight does that make sense i i, I feel like that and i'm yeah. thanks for saying that you noticed when i came because i feel like that's something i i can add some small percentage to and mm. I, there's there's things you don't even realize when you become part of something so i love working for them way more than i even thought i would and i did think i would um mm. and it is the creativity when i literally my Hey, I got this idea. I think I, I and I think it should have classical music. And somebody's like, "Bro, let's do it." I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, that's not <laughs> how shit works, right? Yeah. Like, that's not that's how." That's it. You I ask once. <laughs> yeah. And, and, what if we were on yeah. mescaline? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's try like, that one. Let's yeah. try that one. You know, uh, <laughs> like he might be. I mean, uh, I did a, a live stream early on and. So when the pandemic hit, I wanted to fucking work because so my first thought was, I'm coming out of this better than I went in. My wife and I sat down, we're like, what's happening? We're like, we have to come out of this better than we went into it, no matter what changes in the world. So we had this mindset of learning and improving what, no matter what. Uh, and we started running right away, which neither of us had done a lot of. I did some road work when I was fighting, but, but, uh, but and, and then I was like, I want to be working. I'm an artist. And I started to really understand that's the thing. I'm not you know, whether or not I have 
assignments for digital people or television people or whatever, that doesn't change the fact that I'm a practicing artist. I have to do my stuff. But then there's also the element that's like, I have a, a deal, a partnership with Bellator. I want to give them work. I want to do it because I want to do work. I want to do it because I want to get better. But I want to do it because I also want them to know Robin's working really hard. And it all kind of makes sense. And I started doing these live streams. And then later we would bring footage and we would look at them and stuff. And early on one of them, I said to Billy, a producer, I'm like, I want to ask um, Joe Schilling about the fact that he microdoses mushrooms. It's like, oh, yeah, great idea. There's definitely in different settings that I have uh, where they'd be like, dude, you can't ask him that. You can't talk about right. drugs on the show. He's microdosing mushrooms as part of his uh, his trip as a fighter and as an artist and as a human and as a, a, a person, how he learns. We talked about it. And, you know, even we, we did the fight um, uh, um, uh, watch parties and we're like, let's have a couple of beers. And the of course, Joe pioneered that. Like, they're so wasted by the end of theirs <laughs> that it's like, you don't want to be the super yeah. uncool one that, right. that like, you know, can't do that. But no, they've just been so, like, encouraging to do art. Uh, and the, especially the digital department. And that's somewhat true everywhere. But there's structurally, oh, and that's what I was going to say. There's elements of the structure you don't even know how they're going to go. Like, I didn't know the people in there that well. But some of them, like Rich Chow, the matchmaker, he's like a, he's become a dear friend. Like, you know, and he's a martial artist. now. And I, you know, Joe Silva and I are friends. And I always liked Joe Silva. A lot of people didn't sound like they didn't like him. I was like Joe Silva. Joe's a martial artist. Um, you know, but a lot of different people are business guys. And sometimes it's not their fault. You know, matchmaking typically is spreadsheets, right? spreadsheets next week we got fights we got to be there we got a heavyweight who are we going to put in it's spreadsheets yeah. but rich Chaz, a fucking brad belton jiu-jitsu who trains martial arts every day who teaches his eight-year-old son as part of his homeschooling fighting his kid trains with daniel cormier and has a podcast about pro wrestling like he's a good <laughs> friend right so now you have a good friend in a company who is a martial artist and i don't know who what his conversations are always like but now i'm one more guy in the talk with this group of people that is talking about art and change and innovation. And I, I don't know what amount one more voice that, that says that uh, adds, but it adds something. And now mm -hmm. they, the feedback you get is like, bro, this is really cool. Like go down this road a little bit more, explore this stuff more. So, you know, in the watch parties was the same thing. Jordan's like, hey man, like what, have you thought about doing that? I'm like, yeah, I have. And I just kind of want to hang out with like total martial arts nerds and totally geek out and not have like any structure and no like reads <laughs> or nothing. It's like, okay, cool. Well, you, do you want yeah. the undercard? I'm like, I can have <laughs> the undercard. Like I can just have it. And we just yeah. put it in the thing, right? And the dose too, like, you know, the dose is the structured sort of desk show, which is really cool because you still get to be in the studio. I get to work for TSN in Canada too, which is the sort of coolest, most innovative level of, of old school television. I don't, wouldn't even call it old school, but, uh -huh. but with the dose, same thing. It's like the producer is Billy. Billy is a super creative, super experimental 
super innovative, always looking to grow and change and look at things differently. You know, uh, if if drone, we want to try a drone shot in the studio, he'll just be like, let's fucking try a drone shot in the studio, right? <laughs> so all of a sudden you're in there, not only are you getting all this permission, but on some level you're adding it back and you become, so I love being a part of a team and I love being a part of with something larger than yourself, but it's gotta be the right one. Yeah, it makes a lot of difference too when you're actually still, I mean, everybody's ultimately still working for the man in some way or the other. You do, yeah. Somewhere down the line is the man, right? And, yeah. and yeah. Uh, like inevitably. And so I guess yeah. um, what's cool and what it sounds like is happening with you is it's like when you can, uh, when you can create something new or just have the balls to do something new inside an organization, it's amazing how much energy you can get. Everybody's starved for it, but nobody's just been like, hey, let's go that way. And people yeah. are like, yeah. And then once the man sees that they've got, you've got buy-in and energy moving all in one mm -hmm. direction and willing to iterate and grow and for the for their benefit and they can just see a few examples of that. It's so hard. It's, it's almost like every proposal is such a, the, the way that negotiations even happen to get things to happen is crazy because it, yeah. you're asking people to like lay out all of these deliverables and re, you know, responsibilities and accountabilities and this imagined relationship that you don't even know yeah. how it's going to be most functional. So it's like, wh why not just uh, take those, Let's things, just you, do bring it. Rob, bring Robin into your company and just put, put your pl business plan aside and just watch shit happen. Yeah. And, and it's <laughs> fun. Like, but there's also, you know, especially the bigger an organization gets, and I don't know how big of companies you guys work with or have worked with bigger and medium and small, but the bigger mm -hmm. a company gets, there starts to be shit you don't even understand. Like you're see seeing two people in a thing and they hate each other, but you don't know that. You don't like, they work together for seven years. This guy takes anything that this guy likes and puts it on the bottom of the pile. Well, mm -hmm. I just want to make art. Yeah, you know, you know? Yeah, something yeah. about this guy one time said a thing at a Christmas party, and this guy now, and and to be honest, probably the biggest barrier to change is often that you know somebody somewhere gets mm. to that point, and and the needs change, right? So you want to in any business you're in. At some point, and the UFC is a perfect example because they they just happen to fit this um, because they grew fast. And they had to they had to multiply. So and and I'm not picking on them because I love covering them for TSN. And although shit, like people who work for them and cover them say a lot fucking worse shit. Dana's my friend, and so I, I don't feel like I'm ever in trouble. Although there's always this little bit of something. There's like you know, out of Does six people, me? no, <laughs> Dana likes me. And this is what my agent said like six months ago when when we were looking at some deals. She's like, if Dana started from scratch you'd be one of the guys that he got and it's just like everyone knows that but you don't get to do that there are this infrastructure of people who have their own system some of whom you offended at some time you didn't realize it be just by not behaving in the way that they prefer things to go you you know if you and, and depending on the organization if you've got a really good idea and you're just crazy passionate about it and you just go well this guy just won't like read my emails or let me try it or even watch the video that i spent all weekend making about it i'll just go to the next guy and you go up the uh, up the ladder that guy you just skipped over might have it out for you now for the rest of your time there you don't know these things right but mm. these things are real they're as real as any other thing so you have to figure out how to live within them and for me the answer was 
fuck all that noise. <laughs> Every minute that I could possibly spend seeming how to make the vice president of something like me in such a way that would help boost my thing is a minute I didn't spend making better art. And I'm not gonna mm. fucking spend it, right? And I never have. And and I played it a little bit, trying to understand it when I was at Fight Network. And then in that little blip in between where, uh, you know, uh, basically, Joe Rogan referred me to Dana and he said, you're hired, you're, you're moving to LA. In that little window, I was like, how do I make sense of this? And my answer eventually had to be, you don't. This is not you. This is not your, and then all of a sudden, Bellator comes along and they pride themselves on being as, there's always going to be some of that in any organization, but on trying to be different. One, mm. they're happier, they're smaller, they're able to be more agile because of that. But the other is somewhat intentional. Scott Coker looked and said, you know, from a business standpoint, where would the very large, a thousand, you know, a thousand percent our size competitor, where are they possibly weak? Oh, they don't have good relationships with people. Well, a differentiating factor of our business is we do. And so mm -hmm. it becomes a priority. And so you, know, you hear this from a lot of fighters. Michael Chandler will go over to the UFC and it'll be a great chapter for him. When all is said and done 10 years later, I think Michael will enjoy his time there. He'll enjoy his journey. He'll enjoy hanging with Dana because Dana will like Mike. And at the end, he'll say, yeah, I liked all of it. But, you know, back in, and when he compares them, he'll do the same thing that anyone who's been to both do. This one was more laid back and relaxed and nicer and gentler and less stressful and less mm -hmm. bullshit. And I less trying to figure out why some vice president doesn't like me and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And that was a lot better way to live your life playing 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 the bar every week in your hometown versus like yes everybody gets yeah. a lot of people will get to the point where they're yeah. playing stadiums every night but does that really you take that opportunity when you have yeah. it of course but you yes. can't sustain yourself as a person and just always play i mean even the best artists yeah. will try to find intimacy in their environment or do something 100%. different so it's, it's all the same kind of instinct yeah. i think for sure. And, but these days you absolutely do. You, if what matters to you with your art or whatever you present or your performance, if you're a fighter or whatever, if one of the things that's important to you is that there is an audience who consumes it and most artists want their work consumed, you could have a larger audience through doing it a different way. Now, you know, 1 billion people have watched my breakdowns. The other day, yesterday, and, uh, and it's hard to really track, you go and you count, you know, that you made thousands of them and you find the top hundred that did 7 million there and 1 million there and, and Khabib and the bear did 30 million or whatever. And you start <laughs> pulling them together and, and then you go, okay, fuck, I'm, you know, I get to seven or 800,000 in, you know, the, the top 20%. You extrapolate, we're over a billion now. Mm. A billion fucking people. I mean, I don't need to sit, yeah, you know, next to Joe and John Anik to reach people with martial arts anymore. Right. Uh, and awesome. I, that was specifically the goal before. And now I understand that's not a logical goal. If your goal that you define, and we all do this, it's very normal. The mistake I made was a very normal mistake. And anyone listen to this, you know, who likes to plan or, or have an idea of what you might like to achieve, we've all done this. You know, I want to commentate the UFC with my friends, Joe Rogan and John Anna can sit with the two of them and do this. And I know it'll be great. And I do know it would be great. That goal of, I would like to achieve a job. 
A goal of I would like to achieve a job means you have to focus on figuring out how to get the human beings that cast that job to believe that you are right for that job. That's not a goal. That doesn't make sense. I can't live my life trying to figure out how to make two people think that I would be correct for this. That's inauthentic. A real goal would be, I want to make the greatest um, work that I can possibly make. I want to become the best artist I can become. I want to try to reach, improve constantly until I'm making work that I'm proud of. And I want to be able to share it with a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. That goal I'm achieving. And that goal- A billion is, is a lot, by the way. A billion, so you know. billion is a lot of fucking people. A billion is a, a, a lot. It's yeah, a lot yeah. of people. Um, yeah. But- um, and I maybe told you guys this because I told one or two people. Um, at, um, uh, do you know Laura Sanko? Uh, she she does uh, some UFC broadcast. She yeah, does yeah, great. Yeah. She's Laura's awesome. awesome. She's yeah. fucking awesome. She's beautiful and smart and a martial artist and talented and she's excellent. And yep. we're friends. And we sort of came into their orbit at the same time. Mm. And early on, and I'm not speaking out of turn. This is a very normal thing. Uh, early on, we had a one or two com uh, conversations. I don't know how to crack through to this particular person or how to get this producer to, to see I could do this job or how to get them to give me a chance. In the, in the three, four years of that time, she toughed it out. And I believe will be very authentically and very honest to herself and very real to herself and very professionally. And, all, you know, she did it the right way. But it yeah. would have involved a lot of patience and a lot of, you know, waiting and a lot of not doing. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't fucking do this. So mm -hmm. I will just go the opposite. I'll just do a fuckload of doing. Right. And mm -hmm. I'll just keep getting. And I believe we both did what was right. When I see mm -hmm. her do those shots, I'm like, fuck, she's so good. Like she mm -hmm. she speaks well. She thinks well. She flows well. She looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. She's she's a real martial artist in a real broadcasting position. And it she's was such a badass. Yeah. yeah, she's a fucking badass. But yeah. I did the opposite. And, we, and I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not just going to say, OK, I'm sorry. I fucking was rude to people that wouldn't give me chances ultimately. Uh, and I wouldn't stand by, and eventually I, you know, would like freak out and be like, "Dude, if you if you can put, like, because at first you look and you're like, okay, I have to convince that human being to give me this thing. Okay, well, right. those people have ten thousand Instagram followers, and I have five. Okay, so what if I got fifteen? <laughs> okay, wait a second, that guy's never commentated anything. I've done five hundred shows. What? Okay, so it's not about that. Wait. It, and you just keep racking your brain. And eventually I'm just like, this is nonsense. If I can't convince them, I'll just say, you know, thank you very much. I'm fucking going to Singapore, right? Which I did. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, and then at another It's point, like your Chappelle without the 50 million. Yeah, yeah, with like, you know, 5,000, right? Uh, I'm out. At another, out. And, uh, yeah, and I just, and we, that's right for me, right? Like I'm sitting here making, more money than I would have thought I would get to make being a practicing artist who's a martial mm. artist for a living um, and doing shit I love, right? So I did the right, and that m may not have happened in a in a very formulaic world where you have to have a certain rhythm and, you know, and the same people that were that are there to be, you have to convince that instead of your job of be a, the best possible, convince someone of that. Those same people would be like, well, have you ever thought of, uh, you know, getting voice training, uh, like broadcasting voice training? I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? And like three are you years out of your now, fucking mind? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, like three years from now, which is always sort of how I'm. 
uh, second tequila time, they say. Okay, right. well, we'll wrap up here. I'll yeah. be I think tequila is my favorite minutes. tequila. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's my, my wife's mom's birthday. Um, so, uh, but yeah, like three years after that, the world will like weird speaking normal people with lisps and, and sort of natural, real people. But right now, if we still are hanging on thinking that having broadcasting training to make you a particular kind of broadcaster is better, I disagree. Uh, we're not going the right direction. So I can now either give in and, and I'm always open to learning, but this to me is wrong. Change the things that make you an individual and become more like everything else is the antithesis of what I'm about, right? So anyway, so I would not have been able to become as at, at the type of artist that I'm happy to be in that environment. Right. Um, so I had off. But so the, the point that I was kind of getting to is there's a moment in time where I'm in Myanmar and I've just marched a couple of kilometers from one airport <laughs> to the other. And there's like metal sticking out of the road. And I'm not kidding. There's wild dogs like running on the street. I see wires. I'm like, that's live. It could kill me. I've got a, like a downtown <laughs> Toronto suitcase. I'm sweating like a pig being bitten by mosquitoes. And I get to the airport and I got like a four hour lay layover and I've already been traveling for 12 hours. I got 24 more hours to go. Um, and as I'm there, I call my wife and I'm sweating. She's looking at me like, holy fuck, this is crazy. And I sit down for my couple hours, I get Wi-Fi and I see Laura, my friend, and she's just really starting to have cracked that nut that she probably was ready two years earlier to crack. And mm -hmm. she's sitting in Dana's office doing a setup hit piece. And I'm not definitely do not confuse that I'm would criticize her. I'm like, this is your job. And right. on Cyborg, Cyborg's leaving. Dana wants softballs thrown. He really likes Laura as he should because she's awesome. And she throws him softballs about Cyborg. I'm in Myanmar sweating, dying with, for a 25 hour <laughs> flight home. But I knew there was nowhere that I would should be. We were where yeah. we should be. She was yeah. doing the stuff that you have to do, but you're doing it the best she could possibly do. Right. I was sitting next to a ring commentating a 2000 year old bare knuckle martial art with headbutts with an orchestra pit of you know uh, burmese uh, it, uh, uh, um, musicians playing music live while this happened that's amazing i probably made a third <laughs> of the money and and was incredibly uncomfortable for that entire trip but i was exactly where the fuck i should be and had i not had I hung in there and changed myself and tried to figure out how to be exactly what you should be or what in 2017 they think you should be to get this role that isn't really me anyways and play a role right. that isn't an honest, authentic artist role uh, would have been the worst thing for me. But you don't realize that at the time. At the time you think, oh my God, my dream of sitting next to my friends commentating the biggest sports things in the world. You don't know fighting will change. You don't know the show will change. You don't know your opinion of it will change. You don't know how much more you will love Bellator. You'll see the fighters. You, you don't know the friendships you'll make, how it will change. You don't know that. All you know is, fuck, you know, I, I had a goal and I'm not getting it. Um, yeah, but this is life, right? This is life. This is how it goes, dude. I'm yeah. pumped. I'm pumped now. And I feel like that. I, I, I do believe I'm two shots behind wherever you are, uh, Robin, <laughs> yeah. but I'm uh, one shot and half of a beer, but it is oh, my wife's. I just had a, I had a big box of wine dropped off right before this started. <laughs> so I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on coffee, yeah. man. But, uh, yeah. Hey, so, uh, well, I guess we should probably turn the corner and wrap this up and then you got a birthday party to, to get to, but thank you so much, obviously for the time, man. We really always appreciate it and don't forget 
as as weird as it is, it's a habit we got to get into that you're sort of trying to uh, help us get to, which is we have to tell each other that we love each other. So I love you guys. Yeah. Mm. And thank you for taking the time. It's, it's been fucking awesome, as always. I, I love you guys too, man. You got to tell your, your your friends that you love them. You know, you do. <laughs> it's important. But I'm, I don't know. I really appreciate you guys. There was Early on the podcast, you were like, we started this podcast because of you. And and that was just the fucking nicest sentence. And I don't know if that's actually true or if it, uh, it's a little heavy handed, but a huge yeah. part of it. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely yeah. We, can, yeah. we certainly consider you yeah. to be like our spiritual godfather. 100%. That's right. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah. No Lead doubt about it. Yeah. Lead the way, brother. I knew, yeah. It was yeah. something like, it was something we're inspired by. Yeah. And I think that's probably a much more honest uh, term than because of you but like you know, uh but yeah, like i don't know i appreciate you guys i appreciate where you're going and that's why i wanted to like let you guys peek in i was hoping that the piece would be out now so you could see the whole thing but mm -hmm. i'll send it to you guys the second that that's out it's okay but you guys are doing cool shit but please come on my uh, my uh, live stream my watch party this weekend we'll figure out yeah, whether i, I okay. think you guys just pop on together you're both really really good at fading out and 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 encouraging other people to speak like it's mm. it's a skill you. you're you both got very very fucking good at so i think you both Thanks, fit really good together Thanks, we appreciate man. it man hey robin really quick just to sum up for the viewers so um so your fight secrets will likely be out tomorrow on friday yeah. uh on yeah. bellator's youtube channel bellator's youtube channel i'll pull a few clips out and share them on my on my stuff at bellator youtube channel the fight secrets friday and uh, you'll be dose, and you'll be breaking yeah. down uh, Michael Venom Page, who will be yeah. fighting on Saturday on the Bellator's card, right? Yeah, and I'll do a live stream watch party on my YouTube and my Periscope and yeah. and wherever else. And you guys will join. Uh, Ray Daniels is coming in. Um, my friend Mallory, who always Ray. hosts, and, mm. and yeah, love Mal's that guy. A, yeah, Mal's a good dude, man. He's a he's a real good dude. Uh, and I think David, Dr. David Klonsky, he's a, um, Great. he's a professor of psychology and a martial artist. And we'll get a bunch nice. of nerds together. Uh, nice. but I think it's about, you guys are central time. It's about 11.30 a.m. Eastern time Saturday. Well, I get to stream the fights yeah. right in the, right in our, the, the undercard, right in our thing. And then, uh, yeah. it's on CBS after and we hang out and watch the fights together. Love okay. It, man. That sounds yeah. good. All right, yeah. so we'll try to jump in there with you on on Saturday and anybody who's watching, like try to catch up with us. If you haven't watched one of these watch parties with Robin, you really need to because even even you know fighters you don't know about or like you know maybe you don't usually watch the undercard or whatever. When you're watching it with these guys, it's a whole other level and yeah. and and you really get an appreciation for the fight and or you got a great group of guys to hang out yeah. with and ladies to hang out with, you know, to to talk about uh, how much you love the fights and that makes all the fights better. Also, yeah. I, I want to say real quick too that one of the coolest things about it is you know like the, you know the fight experience can be a long night sometimes, right? And so yeah. it's kind of like you're hanging out with your friends. And if you were hanging out at your house with your friends, you're not like bound to sit across yeah. from them for you know six hours, right? Like you leave the room, you go have a drink yeah. in the room, you do whatever you're yeah. doing, whatever. You pull up so, something else on another thing, and yeah, and it's just cool mm -hmm. because the way that you guys have it set up, which is just to kind of just go and be, uh, and it is, and it's not something where like oh I, I missed some preconceived 
thing that now I don't understand what's going on or yeah, whatever. Right. You, you can so, get in and, in and out of the pool at any time. That's what I really like about it. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah. Uh, you guys may be coming in you know, a half hour into it. I'll send a link and, and all the details. Okay. But if you pop in a half hour in and hang out for a couple hours, it'll be fun. Yeah. Be yeah. Rad, that sounds man. good, right. Robin. We appreciate yeah. that. And we appreciate you being here with us today. Anybody who doesn't know, when we had a, our big 100th uh, episode show, um, we were very excited to have Robin on that show, but it just turned out that he uh, left town for that week and we weren't able to bring him on then. So I'm glad we got you on now because it yeah. feels like we've made up for that miss. And we'll have you on again. I think I think you're actually our, our uh, at this point, no one's been on our show more than you and it makes sense you being our spiritual godfather <laughs> i'm your spirit animal yeah, <laughs> yeah you're our spirit yeah. animal that's even yeah. better yeah. anyway we love yeah. we love you robin and, yeah, uh, and thanks everybody too. for listening today check out robin's uh fight secrets on the bellator youtube channel tomorrow check out the bellator fight on uh on robin's uh network on saturday and we'll see all you guys next week on the art fight podcast enjoy all the right, hostilities my friends Okay guys, I love the Art Fight Podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash artfightpodcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone